We thank Anchor for making this podcast possible. For all your recording needs, go to Anchor with Spotify. Anchor has helped us record, do a recording studio where we can record even when we're separated, and a whole lot of more really, really cool things. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. Last time we talked, the Mariners were still playing, and the MLB wasn't locked out, and the Seahawks were actually had a decent record. That, the Kraken weren't playing. Yeah, the Kraken weren't even a team yet. Well, I mean, they were, I mean, they were a team, but they they didn't have players. I don't think they had even started practicing at that point. No, I I think it was. It might have been the. Day before the uh, the expansion draft. Yeah, it was a while ago. Long time. But on that note of hockey, the Kings and the Kraken are both... Well, the Kraken looked bad. Now they're looking better. Maybe they figured some things out. But the Kings, they've taken us both by surprise. Yep, they're doing good. Um, what do you think the key to their success is so far this season? Well, I mean, they, they have had uh, great draft picks because of their uh, uh, I should say, uh, low record. So mm-hmm. they they have a second overall that's currently injured. They have a, I mean, sorry, not yeah, a second overall and a few first rounders that are playing now. And uh, I can see the new future of the team. Right there. And um, even Quick has been doing better, which is a surprise to me. I thought he would retire in a couple of years. Um, yeah. But I, I think he was just renamed the starter. He he uh, he was replaced by Pedersen, and then that, now he's the starter again, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. I saw something about that. What? What do you think changed? Did he just? Is it just? He, he's just playing better. I, I, that that's what I think, and I I think Pedersen has been playing good too. But I, I just think Quick has been great again. So from a little bit of that I know about the Kings, but it sounds like that they're kind of like the Mariners were they have a lot of young good pieces that are contributing but they have those old veteran pieces that have been consistent over the years that can give advice and help them grow in their development is that yeah. an accurate description uh, that is and we've tra- we've traded a few of those veterans and it was kind of hard for the whole team not not playing wise but um they all went to be great players and uh, and other um, teams. Jeff Carter is doing great in Pittsburgh, and uh, Jake Muzzin, that was a while ago. I think that was before I knew you. Um, but he's he's doing great with Toronto. Uh, 
Tanner Pearson was traded a few times. Um, uh, who else? Tyler Toffoli is with uh, with the Canadians and almost won a Stanley Cup. So yeah, I, I would say yeah. it's good for everyone. Yeah, and that just goes to show you how much young players really do matter in hockey. I mean, we've had this conversation before, but yep. I mean, time in and time out that it's proven. And the Kraken kind of took that approach too, that while getting good pieces here, Uh they also went sort of young. So do you think that now that maybe we've started to get a little bit of chemistry and we know what we're doing, do you think we could be a team to watch down the stretch? Um, I, I think the second half of the season is where we'll really come together. Um, I we might make wild card this year. Who knows? But um, uh, I I think if they keep going, I I think they can definitely make the playoffs at least next year. Yeah. And that Jack Eichel trade. Oh yeah. I mean. I was just sitting down watching ESPN one day and breaking news, Jack Eichel to the Golden Knights. I'm like, oh, my. I mean, he's injured right now, so he's not going to do stuff for quite a while. But when he's back and healthy for the Knights, I mean, they're dangerous enough right now. They don't need him. They don't Exactly. They're they're – they have a lot of really solid forwards, and the the GM is like, I don't care, and he his the salary cap is overfloweth, and um, uh, that that uh, I don't know, I don't know what to say. I I think their um, I think their uh, salary dump will be huge if they have one. Yeah. And that kind of reminds me of the Rams. So they go oh, for yeah. the short-term deals. They trade their draft picks away. They trade everything. They get got a bunch Von of Miller for like a couple years. Yeah. But then they're gone, but they keep bringing in the next wave, and they think that they don't need the draft picks. But I'm waiting for that eventually to come back and bite them. And do you think it could maybe come back and bite the Knights as well? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Hopefully, to be honest, I I don't really like them. It that that's kind of the last place that I wish he would be traded. I mean, I'm happy that he's out of Buffalo. That place was a prison, but um, I I despise <laughs> Las Vegas. So, yeah. Now this doesn't really have anything to do with anything. I have. I believe I've asked this question before, but why do you despise Vegas? I mean, I've kind of picked it up from you, but yeah, is there? Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess it started with um, well, the Kings made it to the playoffs after a few times, and they swept them with no mercy <laughs> so that that really frustrated me and that that was probably the first year that um hockey was my favorite sport so yeah uh, 
<laughs> and then um, last year, they in the second row, they destroyed um, the Avalanche in the playoffs. I didn't um, like that. Was a really frustrating series. Yeah, because they had a huge lead. Like they had a two game lead, and they were dominating yeah. both those games. Uh, I got PTSD every single time I would see the the highlights of those games. Mm. Yeah, we watched <laughs> that like seven to two game. Uh, yeah, it was seven to one. That was a great game. I love that game. Yeah. There were a lot of fights in that game too, like the Yep. The Knights were getting overwhelmed and they really didn't like it. So they started a fight and that brings up a topic here about the Kings where Brent Brendan Lemieux Brendan Lemieux. Yep. Yeah. Who did he fight again? Not related to Mario Lemieux. Actually related to another Hall of Famer named uh, Todd Lemieux. Uh, he fought Brady Kachuk. Yeah. And, and in the fight he bit his fingers and he was bleeding. Fingers. I, I think he got suspended for only five games, which is interesting. And Brendan Lemieux is a Kraken. I mean, not a Kraken, a Kings, right? Yes. Yeah. I just wish he was traded because I don't, I don't want anybody like that to be on our team. But yeah, I, re- I, I liked so- him before that. He was, he was pretty good. He was one of those, uh, good round, uh, good draft picks. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, he just doesn't seem like uh he seems like he might become a clubhouse casualty, which you don't want in any sport. Yeah, well he I mean he's not the guy that would get angry all the time. I mean, it, it would sound like that. He's not super toxic. It's it's uh, I don't know. Brady can chuck can get on people's nerves. And yeah. I on that whole family can get on people's nerves. Um, but personally, his brother is much worse, but I'll, I'll get on that later. Um, he, he's just kind of prideful. He's, he thinks he's better than everyone in yeah. a good way and in a bad way, but he is a good yeah. player. I just wish that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. All right, time for power play, where I ask, this time it's going to be four, I ask four questions, and Andrew is literally forced to answer. Please help. (laughs) All right, question number one. What do you think, I kind of touched on this earlier, but do you think the Kraken have a good chance to make the playoffs this year? Maybe this year. Uh, I mean, I, I, sorry, maybe next year. This year seems kind of unlikely, but there's only been like 20 games. So I, I think they could, they could make the playoffs if they turn around quickly. All right. Question two. What do you think has been the biggest surprise this NHL season? Um, well, I, I can name one that already happened. Um, 
the the Ducks are the best in the Western Conference for some reason, and they were terrible last year. Um, I their old players look like they're twenty one again. I, I don't get it. And then their young players are kind of like the Kings right now, and they're doing really well too. Uh, question two, part B. Do you think that they could eventually fall back down to earth, back to where they were last year? Or do you think this is like, yeah, they might fall off a little bit, but they're still a pretty good team? The the Kraken? What do you, what do you mean? The, the well, Ducks. The Ducks? Like, uh, oh, because of salary cap? No, just this year, like. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Um, I, I I don't see why they would, but um, yeah. Question number three: What do you think has been the most underwhelming part? Like the team that has underperformed? I don't know about that. Well, I mean, everybody had high expectations for uh, for the Kraken, and well, they're I, I think they're the bottom of the division. Um, I I would look at the standings right now, but I don't want anything to be spoiled to me. Um, everybody thought Montreal would come back um, after almost winning a Stanley Cup, but they're not doing great. Yeah, they really, yeah. They really haven't. Um, and last question, question number four. Who do you think should be traded this, this season? What, like, now, closer to the trade deadline? Anyone that you think should be traded? Um... Well, this used to be an easy, uh, <clears throat> easy question. I could just say Jack Eichel, but um, that's not the case anymore. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I do not know. Uh, not, not yet. Um, and maybe Patrick, Patrick Line. He used to be a star when he was with. Uh, with the Jets, and he's he's not doing really well with the uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that I, I'd say that's an opportunity or a possibility. Yeah, pretty good answers. I I didn't know anything about what you said on that last part, but <laughs> yeah, everything else I could relate to yeah also I know we've been like praising about how good the Knights are and how they're like really really good but they're an average team so far oh 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 okay that sounds good to me that's that's awesome. 
Uh, I I do have one question for you. Yeah. Um. Were the uh were the um. What's his name? Or what's where's Chicago? Chicago bottom, middle, or top? Oh, they're yeah, bottom. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, so Mark Andre Fleury has not been doing great with them, apparently. Yeah, Chicago and, Blackhawks, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're not the worst. Uh-huh. But there is one team. I mean, I know you are not totally caught up yet, so I don't want to spoil anything. But there's one team that's way worse than them. But if you eliminate that team, they're, like, the worst in the NHL. Okay. Well, one of. Okay. Well, uh, I I know the best in the NHL in almost everything right now is uh, Hurricanes. At least that was about a month ago. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, they're anyway. anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was also a legal thing with uh, a legal controversy with Chicago, but it's not really family friendly, so I'm not going to go into it. Oh, I was thinking something totally different, but okay. Um, I don't know what it is then. Yeah. But anyways... Now to the football. <laughs> Seahawks. <laughs> um, How about we skip that today? I mean, three and eight. The biggest thing right now. Well, think about this. Think about this. We have the same record as the Jets. Okay. That is terrible. <laughs> that is shameful. If we're throwing shame, the <laughs> winless Detroit Lions <laughs> yeah, that's, that's much worse. have a better record in November than the Seahawks do. Yep. So, we, oh, that is, they tied against the Steelers. Oh, oh. The Seahawks didn't win a game in November. <laughs> they're so bad. I mean, they're so good. We're, we're definitely going to make the playoffs. We we could we can come up clutch here. Yeah, yeah. six and zero or five and one, it's possible because the team, the seventh seed right now, is the Washington Football Team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are only five and they are below 500. So if they go 500 and then we would either go five and one or six and oh, and we would make the playoffs. But first we need to figure out the offense. So despite what has been the problem the past couple of years, our defense, our defense has actually picked it up as of late, the offense just can't possess the ball long enough to give the defense a break, to give them a breather, 
we just get fatigued near the end of the game in the fourth quarter when they're running out the clock and all we can, all the offense can do is sit there and watch because they go three and out pretty much every single time they get the ball. They have only scored their highest total points. They've scored in the past three games is 15. That's only two touchdowns. Hmm. We need to do better on offense, and it starts with Russell Wilson. In the Washington football, in the game against the Washington football team, Russell Wilson wasn't going all the way through his progressions. So progressions go from left to right, just like you're reading a book. So you start with option one, option two, option three, maybe four and then five, or depending on how many options you have. But he was trying to go for the risky option three instead of going all the way across to the other side of the field and hitting the open man. Whether it was DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, it didn't matter who he was throwing the risky ball to. He just wasn't going all the way through. And I think that's either because he still has the floppy finger in the back of his mind that came when he hit his hand against Aaron Donald's helmet. Yeah. Or that he's just not game ready yet. He is, he still hasn't figured out like, he still hasn't gotten back into that rhythm of going all the way through. Now, what I did notice was, though, at the end of the game, when we were doing the two-minute drill, he was hitting the open person. He was getting the ball out quickly, and I think he was going through his progressions quicker because he knew he had to. Mm -hmm. So if he can have that mentality or just – get the heebie-jeebies out of him, It, I think we can fix the offense because, yes, the running game hasn't been working as late because we don't have Chris Carson and Alex Collins is either hit or miss. He's either really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have anyone else after him. So if we can do that, we're perfectly capable of going 6-0. We have the Niners – this week, then the Houston Texans, then the Rams, then the Bears, the Lions, and then the Cardinals to end the season. Three of those games are very winnable. Well, all of them are, but we should win at least three of those games. But we need to we need to win the all of them as well. And if we, all the games have also been relatively close. We're that close to putting together the wins. Mm -hmm. Just the tiniest tweak could fix us. What? I know you, um, had pain with the Seahawks and so you kind of stopped watching but what did 
in the time you were watching, like you saw the Steelers game. Now, that was, I think that was, uh, we missed Russell Wilson that game. And because I don't think Russell Wilson fumbles that ball. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I think he's not known. It gets to that point. I think Russell Wilson scores on the first drive. Maybe not, maybe it doesn't even get to overtime. But his yeah. that was the defense's turning point. So, what do you think has changed with the defense? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I I haven't seen them play, but I I know they haven't scored as much um, since that game, or the uh, I I should say the other team hasn't scored that much as they have since that game. Um, so. In theory, they could be doing better, but I don't know. I mean, it's the it's the Seahawks defense. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's been any trades or anything. Nope. Not. Yeah, we didn't make anything at the deadline. Well, <clears throat> uh, you know that player that got injured and everybody kind of gathered around him. Oh yeah, the Steelers Derek. game. Is he all right? Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, he's fine now. He's playing oh, and good. everything. Good, good, good. Yeah, but I mentioned earlier the Washington football team, and just in case you were wondering, the Washington football team has narrowed their list of possible team names next year down to three. We just know what eight previously what the eight previously were we don't know what the three are now but the finalists that came from the eight names are either the armada the president the brigade the red hogs the commanders the red wolves the defenders and then one of the eight possible team names that was listed was keeping the Washington football team. Yeah. What three would you pick? Um, uh, I, I would take the, uh, what, what was the first one? The, the weird name that I had to look up. The Armada. The Armada. Uh, the Armada, the Red Wolves, and uh, I don't know. I don't know about the other ones. Yeah. I'm with you. I would pick the Armada and the Red Wolves, but I'm either – I'm tied between the Commanders and the Defenders. Those are both pretty cool, mm-hmm. I think. I feel like yeah, defenders because oh, they are football wait, team. Wait, what, what was the first one you said? The Armada. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah, that's a fleet of warships, and that sounds pretty cool. Like That sounds really cool, yeah. But that's one of those names that seems like a good football name because it strikes fear into your opponents almost. like Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> We are a fleet of warships getting ready to blast down your front door. Yeah. 
Um, but on the baseball side of things, totally changing perspectives, the Mariners assigned Robbie Ray, the Cy Young Award winner from 2021. Robbie Ray was really good. Now, the only problem is, is was that just a random breakout year that like he what he was good yeah but he might not return to that form i believe that 2021 wasn't a fluke season now part of the reason why people think that it was a fluke season was because his 2020 season he had a total of a 6.62 era so 6.62 runs per game um, and he only pitched 51 innings. Now it was a shortened season, but that's still not very many. And he allowed 27 earned, no, sorry, 38 earned runs. Yeah, and the full season before that, he only allowed uh, 84 earned runs. So he nearly had half of what he had the year before but we didn't even play half a season in 2020. But the reason I think he this isn't a fluke is because his 2017 season was also good. He was an all-star and seventh in Cy Young voting. But his whole career, he's been a big strikeout pitcher. Now, this is the stat that really caught my eye. In the history of the MLB, now he's not retired yet. He's not at the end of his career. This could change. In the history of the MLB, no one has had a higher strikeout rate per nine innings. Mm -hmm. He has 11.2 career strikeout rate. So in nine innings, he's striking out 11 batters. That's the most in MLB history. Now, that number will either go up or down with how he performs in the next years. But as of right now, I mean, with that stat, you could make an argument that he's one of the best pitchers in MLB history. Yeah, I agree. Um, But... He's still young. He, This will be his age 30 season. So they signed him to a five-year deal with a third-year opt-out. So he could opt out in, after his age 33 season, or he could stay for the full five years. I think whether he opts out depends on how we do in the next three years. If we are a playoff team every single year, Maybe even we, if we win a World Series that third year, I think he's going to want to stay. But if we're starting to strip down again, which I really don't see that happening, we have too many young pieces to start to strip down. I think mm-hmm. he would obviously leave. I would leave. I want to go win. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it looks great right now and I think it will pay off in the future because now we finally have an ace for one um 
we have like that stopper guy, the guy that can stop a losing streak, that can make sure that we get back on track. Um, and a guy who wants to be here too. So that's really exciting. Um, but also previously before that, we traded for Adam Frazier, a second baseman from San Diego who hit 306 last year. Um, I think he's going to hit same ballpark, but he allows Abraham Toro to move over to third base, which is Abraham Toro's natural natural position. So as the roster stands today, we have Abraham Toro at third, J.P. Crawford at shortstop, Adam Frazier at second, and then Ty France or Evan White at first. Mm-hmm. And that's better than – that's one of the best infields we've had in a long time. I mean, even when Robinson Cano was here, we didn't have a really good first baseman. We had a good third baseman in Kyle Seeger and a couple of decent shortstops, but we didn't have that good first baseman. But now we have all four slots of the infield put in. Right. Now, with all those moves being said, after the MLB lockout finishes, like they come to an agreement, which we'll talk about in a little bit, we're not done. We only have four good starting pitchers right now. Five if you count Justin Dunn. But we want to do a six-man rotation. One of the targets that the Mariners were looking at, Marcus Troman, he got signed by the Cubs, so he's off the board. But Tyler Anderson, who was an impact player after we traded for him last year, could still come back. Right. James Paxson can't come back because he got signed by the Red Sox right before the lockout. <clears throat> and then we still need one more outfield or third base option. And the person who fits that description perfectly is Chris Bryant. He played all three outfield, outfield positions last year. He played third base and he can play first base. So he's a good versatile option, which Jerry DePoto loves. He hit 268, so he has a good bat, and he has above-average powers, about 30 home runs each year. Mm -hmm. If we can get him and Tyler Anderson, this team is looking pretty good and battling for the division next year. Right. And, which is really exciting. We have Julio Rodriguez coming up. We have Alberto Rodriguez also it's it's looking bright in the future and I'm really excited for next year but first the lockout um so the MLB Players Association and the owner of MLB Baseball did not come to an agreement before the contract ended where they would, where the MLB is going to lock, well, locked out the MLB players, owners, and general managers, managers, all their employees, which has had a couple of changes, but 
Rob Manfred sent out a letter to the fans of MLB baseball. Um, so basically what he was saying was he was thanking us for the support of the game, how he realized how much it meant to us. We realized how much it means just to be able to watch it, how excited we are and how he's disappointed about um, how this has been handled, how the game is finally coming to a pause after 26 years of, uh, of peace. He's, as he said, between the Players Association and the MLB. Um, and then he goes on to explain, like, how we got there and why they did that. So he said, simply put, we believe that an off-season lockout is the best mechanism to protect the 2022 season, which, I mean... I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about how this works, but I feel like laying off your employees is not a great way to right. start a bargaining agreement. Right. Like, yeah, sure, you have a business, but you're nothing without the workers. You're nothing. And I think he understands that and that's why he's choosing the lockout to allow them to decide what they want and come back. Um, he also says that he hopes the lockout will jumpstart the, nego the negotiations because the players will realize, oh wait, we don't have jobs anymore. This is what we did for a living. So he hopes that will jumpstart negotiations and allow the season to start on time. Um, he says they have begun negotiations and they've been doing that for a while, but they, but the players association is, has their mindset on what they want. And so that's what's causing the rift. Um, they did work hard to find a compromise by making it better for players throughout before the lockout, like service time manipulation, universal DH, um, a lottery draft system instead of a draft system that the NFL uses. Well, sort of. Um, he said that we've had these challenges before. It's and we've gotten through them. We just don't want a repeat of 1994 where we didn't get to play the World Series because the players were on strike and they it, it's not possible they didn't have a long enough season. Uh -huh. Oh, I haven't seen this, but he said, to be clear, this is hard, but important step. This hard but important step does not necessarily mean games will be canceled. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, they're taking the step now to make sure that we can start the 2020 season on time instead of saying, like, in February, oh, never mind, spring training is canceled. 
they're trying to get the negotiations going now. Right. And then I'm going to read this whole last paragraph. Um, he said, today is a difficult day for baseball. But as I have said all year, the, there's a path to a fair agreement and we will find it. I do not doubt the league and the players share a fundamental appreciation for this game and a commitment to its fans. I remain optimistic that both sides will seize the opportunity to work together to grow, protect, and strengthen the game we love. MLB is ready to work around the clock to meet that goal. I urge the Players Association to join us at the table. Now, to me, that's saying two things. Either that the Players Association is really stubborn or Rob Manfred is making it sound like the players are the villains and that they need to soften up or else they're going to be unemployed. And, I mean, as a fan, I just want this to end. I mean, it. this letter is encouraging from the fans' point of view that we're working on it. We're trying to make it all happen. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, it just is kind of draining the fun out of it, especially, like, when you, on the MLB website, when you search up the Seattle Mariners and you go to their 40-man roster, every single player on there, instead of having a picture of them, they have a blacked-out screen because they're technically, like, no longer employees. And it's... Yeah. The MLB players are trolling them on Twitter by saying, oh, now this is my new profile pic. This is exactly what I look like. I'm a blank face. I mean, it's kind of weird, but I just don't like it. I just want it to end. It it doesn't make sense. It kind of does, but just as long as they get fixed in time for baseball. Hmm. But it could also affect how free agents, I mean, there was a big free agent push to sign free agents before the lockout. Right. Some were saying, no, I'm going to stay until after the lockout, see what the new rules are, see how that affects me signing. And maybe that's what Jerry was thinking with some of these other free agents. I just hope it all works out. I agree. All right, now it's time for Are You a Good Sport? So I don't remember who won last time. So do you want to go first or second? Um, I've, I, I can go first. So you'll ask first? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, that's what I meant. First question. Who was the uh, youngest NHL, or how long? Uh, how old was the youngest NHL player? Um, seventeen. Sixteen. <sighs> Close. Um, in in what year was the Seattle Thunderbirds uh founded? 
1971. Oh, the Thunderbirds. I was thinking yeah. of the old hockey team. Oh, the Metropolitans? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, when were the Rainiers founded? Ooh. Um, let's see. The Rainiers were still a part of the Oakland organization back in the 80s. And the A's have been around, been out here since the 60s. So I'm going to say 1963. Well, actually, there was a, um, there was a, uh, Seattle, there was yes. a Seattle, uh, there was a Seattle named Rainiers that played from 1938 to 1964. But the Tacoma Rainiers that we know, was founded in 1994. 94, okay. Who was the first baseball player to use a glove? Um, oh, I, I remember hearing this one time, but I don't remember who it was. Um, I'm pretty sure he played in the outfield. Um, he, oh. Maybe he was a catcher. That also would make sense. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay, I don't know what I don't know what position he was, but it was Charles C. Waite. Yeah, I never heard of him. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> uh last question, right? Five questions? Yeah, five questions. What are Olympic gold medals made of? Um, I'm pretty sure they actually do have gold on the outside, like a tiny plate of gold, but I think they're made out of like, mm, zinc. They're mostly made of actual silver. Silver. Yep. Well, yep, that's it. All right, so you just have to get one right, and then you win. Um, question one. Which NHL player has the most siblings? Or, well, which family, I guess? Because it's not um, really. Okay. Um, that has played in the NHL, at least? Yeah, that's play, coach, or managed in the NHL? Okay. What family? Um, yeah. Um, uh, oh, man. I used to be able to tell you. I, I'm... The, um, nah. There, there's only... There's only one family right now that I can think of. Um, which is the Kachuk family, but they only have three. Um, um, I go with the Kachuks. The Sutter family. 
A Sutter. Oh, name one of them, please. Uh, Brent Sutter, Brian Sutter, oh. Dwayne, Rich, Ron, Brandon, Brett, Brody. Oh, when I uh, when I look up Brent Sutter, there's a baseball player. That's interesting. Brody Sutter. Interesting. That's okay. Um, I'm kind of scared to ask this one, but I think, all right, when were the Seattle Kraken founded? Well, technically they were founded earlier than this year. Yes. Um, I think it was... Um, was it 2019? Oh, so close. 2018? 2020? Yeah. 2018. Oh, okay. What year were the pilots oh. founded? The Seattle Pilots, before 1977. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... Nineteen sixty-seven. Ooh, nineteen sixty-nine. Oh, okay. All right, two questions left. Oh. <laughs> um, when was the first broadcasted hockey game? Broadcasted. Um. What- uh, I'm going to say 1924. Oh, that was 1923. I hate these questions. <laughs> I'm always one off or two off or whatever. Ah. Now, I mentioned this one earlier, but when was the world, what year was the World Series not played because of the strike? Uh, I, uh, um, I, I'm going to say 1919. 1994. That's not even close. I don't... Okay. All right. So that was a tie zero zero. We thank Anchor for making the podcast possible and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.